Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you very much. Well, grab a seat. We're going to get right into it pretty quickly, but at the same time too, uh, it is uh, an honour to be here. And uh, thank you very much from Julie and I, Christian and Melissa. And uh, again, I think it's important to understand the, the relationship that you have with people over the years. And you do have exceptional pastors, let me tell you that. Exceptional pastors. Yes? Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. There it is. There it is. Just checking. Just checking. Um, so that's great. And, and really, this morning, I want you to, as Christian said, like, it's what you capture, what you catch in a meeting. You know, it's not necessarily always what is heard, but what is caught. And what is caught is, uh, I believe, is because there is an atmosphere in which you embrace and there is a moment in which you choose to enter into. And I really believe that that moment is something which you can capture, which can alter your whole future just by simply being there and embracing that moment. So why don't you close your eyes? Mm, thank you. And there is a great scripture, and it comes out of Psalms. And it says in 46, it says, look, be still and know that I am God. There is a knowing in stillness. Mm. We have celebrated, we've prayed, we've given. We're giving God an opportunity in a moment. And I'm a firm believer and a big believer that there are seasons, there are moments, there are expressions of God in which he moves powerfully to alter and correct our life. Why does he do that? Because he gave his life for you. Mm. And Father, I pray that here this morning, in this, even in this moment now, we've prepared our heart to be still. And in that stillness, there is a knowing. And I pray, Father, as we just travel through this morning, every heart, every year, let their life be open to you. And Father, do the work in which we cannot. But Lord, I pray that you are a God that loves, who lives and breathes to give us life. Thank you, Lord. I pray here this morning that that life will be given to all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Where's Lauren? Lauren, where are you? Yeah. Great going, girl. Yeah. You know... I was here, you know, and I, I was listening to you. And the band, let me say the band. The, the band. Loving it, the band. Great going. But, you know, I hear a voice within a voice. I really hear that voice. Like, I was listening to her. I thought, oh, she has a beautiful voice. And the Lord said, that is my voice tied in her voice. You have uniquely caught the heart of God to express his voice through your voice. And I tell you, I hear a lot of voices. I travel all the time. I've just come back. I've just spent two weeks um, in the Philippines. I believe someone from the Philippines here. Hi, how are you? I've just been in Manila and Kagi and Diorio and Davio, and, but I wasn't in Cebu. I was there the like, year before. But, uh, and then in the States for five weeks. And we travel a lot. But, you know, I hear a lot of voices, but sometimes you can hear voices, but you don't hear God within the voice. See, in Christian Melissa, I always hear the God's voice because I know they're God seekers. And unless you seek God, you will never capture the heart of God. You may communicate. And, you know, the word is that we gather together because we are a religious organization. I have been to churches which are a religious organization. They express the knowledge of God but don't actually express God. And I believe you have to capture that heart. And it comes because you press into God, you know God, you pray to him, but you establish a relationship. And what I've loved about C3 and this couple, you know, is that they capture the heart of God and express that heart. Not just the word, but the heart of God. When you tie the word and the heart together, that brings change to people's lives. 
And I really believe, you know, we constantly travel around the world. We see incredible things. People give their life to Christ. We see amazing miracles take place in people's lives. And not just, oh, there's the miracle of, oh, my life's changed. That is an incredible miracle. I've seen people being supernaturally healed in many areas, physically, emotionally, all of that. And I believe this morning that that is something very possible for every single one of us if we just embrace the moment. But before I say that, look, not that I have hair envy, but if I had hair, I'd do something like this. <laughs> I am very impressed with that hair. I saw you drumming up there and saw you before, and I thought, that's a decent bit of hair. I'm not sure where it's going, but at the moment, enjoy the journey for where it is. We don't really know what happens. Time takes its toll on all of us. Some of us a little quicker than others. <laughs> no, it's, it's looking pretty reasonable. No, it's looking reasonable. I'd be pretty happy with that if I had that. Yeah, I know. Looking good. Looking good. No problems. Joel, just have a good look, mate. Have a good look. Anyway, I just want to get into the Word now, but so let's pray. Let me just pray for you right now. Father, I pray that the power of God is in this meeting. Lord, we have needs and there are miracles in this meeting. Lord, I believe that your power is present when we gather our heart and connect our heart with you. And in this atmosphere, I pray, let the supernatural power of God be manifested, Lord, in the lives of your people. And let life, let life travel into their world, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you from a story of a man's life by the name of Elijah, and I'm starting from 1 Kings chapter 18. And it says there in the very opening verse there, in verse 1, it says, Now after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I've always loved that verse of Scripture because it's like after a long time. Isn't like a long time. It's just long, drawn-out time. I've found as a, as a Christian over the years and that God doesn't always work as quick as I'd like him to. Today we've developed in our own culture an understanding that like, you know, I want it now, I want it now, I want something to eat, I want, a, I want a burger, quick, drive in, straight through, there it is in the bag, boom, I'm out of there. We've created a culture that everything needs to happen now. There are now moments, suddenly moments in God, but I've found that as a believer over the years and what I've seen in many people's life, God never moves as fast as we want him to. I've been believing God to be healed. Pastor Christian has this amazing, he said, you know, for the next month, we're just going to have, you know, we're just going to have a healing meeting. Every Sunday, I'm going to lay hands upon the sick and God's power is going to travel in your life. And you're going to get healed. And you go, yes, I've been waiting for this. I've been so waiting for this. And Pastor Christian comes out and you go, yeah, I'm out there. And he says, right now, just lift up your hands. I'm going to lay hands on you. The power of God is going to travel in your world, and you're going to be healed. And you raise your hand, and he lays hands upon you, and you feel zero. Not a sausage, nothing. And you go, I thought, you know, something would have happened. And you go back to your seat and go, oh, no, pain's still there. Nothing's changed. Oh, anyway, maybe, oh. Anyway, then we go through that whole analysis of like, maybe I've done something wrong, maybe he's not anointed enough, you know. We go through the whole process, it's because you weren't healed. And then next week he asks the same, hey, this is a, a healing month, look, come out the front here, and you go, well, I tried that last week, it didn't really work. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a good believer and a faithful member of the church, I'll go out because Pastor Christian asked me to come out there and I'll do it, but, you know, nothing really happened last week. So I come on the altar call and he says, lift up your hands and 
Oh, I guess I will because I'll do it out of obedience because he asked me to. Last week I was really keen because I believed God was going to do something. I lift up my hands. He comes in, this is the power. There's the power of God. You don't feel zero. Zip. What's that about? You go back to your seat. Pains. Ah, still there. Nothing's happening. Pastor Green said, wasn't that incredible? You know, and, and people go, who was touched? Yeah, and who was healed? Yeah. You go, well, that's good for them. What about me? I want to... I'm sitting back in my seat. Nothing's changed. Next week. He comes out and goes, you know, this, this is going so well, so good. We had visitors and people coming along and people getting touched by God. You go, but, yeah, but what about me? And you come out and you go, no, if you need to get healed, come out in the old girl. Well, I tried that. Didn't work. No, I'm not going out. And then Pastor Christian, hey, why don't you come out? Oh, no, no, I've, I've been out twice. Well, why don't you come out? Have you been healed? No, why don't you come out? I don't really want to. It hasn't worked. You come out a third time. Lift up your hands. Don't really want to. Lift up your hands because the power of God's going to come on you. I don't believe that. Lift up your hands because you're going to get healed and God's got, He's going to bring change to your life. All right. See nothing. You're not even there now. The fact is we give things like three strikes, you're out. Three opportunities. If you're lucky today to get to three, usually you want to have it like now. I'm pretty sure, and if I read Scripture, and just to highlight my point here, it says after a long time... A long time. Time, hear this, church. Time is your friend, not your enemy. Time is your friend, not your enemy. But I've been believing God will good on you. Can I tell you, God watches in our waiting. God is watching you more in your waiting than in the result. Maturity comes not because the answer comes, because you've learned to wait and maintain your faith. In this story, and I love this story because it illustrates my point so clearly, it says, after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came. There are words which comes to us in God, in which God has spoken to you. You have embraced, you've, you've read the word, you said, I'm going to stand on that word. A prophetic word has come to you. Something has been spoken in the service, and you go, yes, that's mine. Are you still hanging on to it? Are you still hanging on to that word? Because today, unfortunately, the church has not found the ability to be patient enough to stand upon that word. Let me read some scriptures to you in Psalm 37, verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Don't you love that word? Patiently. Wait patiently. There's something in that word that is annoying. Patient. A patient who has had an operation, who has had received something, who has had an operation, is a patient, and they have to become patient in their healing. Sometimes the word patient is annoying because we want it to happen today. Look at that arm. Patiently waiting. Melissa's yesterday, last night at dinner, patiently waiting for Christian's arm to be healed, to get better. Why? Because she's running out of patience with the children, the little people. Because patience causes other things in our world. We have to work a little harder. We have to keep doing things a little bit more than we'd have to or normally do because we are still waiting and we are still waiting and we are still waiting. I'm pretty sure that when... Jesus said to his disciples, he said, look, go back to Jerusalem, you know, and wait for the gift in which I'm about to give to you. 
And all the disciples, and then it says, and then Jesus went up in a cloud. Waiting doesn't mean you become inactive. Waiting has activity. And two angels said, what are you guys doing? Well, we're just looking at Jesus. He just went up. And they remind him, what did he say to you, basically? Oh, that's right. Go back into Jerusalem and wait there, not here. Don't wait in that, wow, we saw him depart. Wow. Go back to Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? A place of activity. What did they do when they went back to Jerusalem? They went back there and they, they went, let's look out the windows and go, wow. And do nothing? No. And it says they went back and they prayed and they made a decision to choose a new leader. And they again chose a new leader and they released leaders and they spoke the word and they testified. What were they doing in their waiting? They were still doing. And can I tell you in our Christianity today, again, after a long time, it's like God hasn't doing anything. We stand as spiritual beings like, wow, let's just be spiritual and wait. Can I tell you? You will not have the stamina and the ability in your spiritual expression to just wait because we do not have the foundation to actually allow our waiting to carry through that period of time in which God needs us to get us to. We have to learn that in our waiting there is activity. When the disciples went back, they didn't for that time in waiting think, wow, it's been a day. When's he coming back? These two days. He hasn't come back. Three days. Oh, maybe he's not coming. Four days. Well, we haven't seen anything. No signs. Four or five days. Nothing. Six days. Gosh, unless they'd been active. Can I tell you, a lot of Christians are inactive, and in their inactivity, they actually then start to question everything and then they start to doubt everything and then suddenly nothing happens because they move away from their position of believing God. We have to be in a place of activity. The disciples understood this, that again they were reminded, Jesus taught them for years, don't remain inactivity in your faith. Go out and do the work. The disciples in their waiting were actively doing church. When you're waiting for your miracle or something to happen in your life, don't go, well, I tried that once. It didn't work. I don't think I'll go to church. Forget it. It didn't work. I went to it. I went to church once. I went, you know, I believe God once. It didn't happen. Ah, it's not working for me. Can I tell you? Immaturity. Too many Christians live immature lives. Can I tell you? A lot of people have been in church but have given up on their believing because it hasn't happened. Do you know 68% of ministers today, again, many years ago, it was back in... I think 2007, 2006, they did a survey of all Christian denominations and they asked a lot of ministers in those denominations, do you believe that on, they asked a number of questions, but one of the questions were, do you believe that after you have spoken the word, you've preached, you've prayed, you've carried out your, your godly expression on a Sunday, that things have changed in people's lives and yours? 68% said that nothing would change. That's ministers. So if that's happening in ministers, what's happening amongst the people? Because what's in you gets in everybody else. What I love about art as C3, in which I've embraced and which I love, is we are a church in which we do believe, irrespective of time. And I tell you what, it is challenging, but unless I've learned this simple principle, don't remain idle in your believing. Remain active. 
Keep things moving in your world. Keep believing. Keep praying. But I haven't seen it. Hasn't happened. But it can happen. We have to get the yes back on the inside and start believing that when God says it will, we shall. Here, Israel, after a long time, the word of the Lord. And again, after three years, how long have you been believing for something to change? Three years, they are waiting for something to happen. A drought had hit the land and nothing had changed. There'd been no, no, no movement by God. There'd been no rain. The land was drying up. Everything in their world was drying up and becoming nothing. And can I tell you, when nothing's happening, doesn't mean that God has left you. I'm pretty sure it says, for I shall not, I shall never leave you nor forsake you. When Jesus steps into your life, that word should resonate on the inside of us always. That I shall never leave you nor forsake you. But I tell you, if we remain inactive, we will question that statement. That's why irrespective of what's happening, keep showing up at church, keep praying, keep giving, keep believing God. You know, it hasn't happened, but I'm believing. And that says to me, the maturity has come back into the house of God. And not like I've tried it once, it didn't work. I'd go, immaturity. Here we see an incredible nation, the nation of Israel who'd been believing God and trusted God, had seen the miracles of God, seen the power of God. But again, after a period of time, and as we travel through this chapter in, verse, in chapter 18, three years had traveled on, and now Elijah comes there and brings the word of the Lord. And he faces up a whole nation, millions of people, and he says, hey, guys, you've turned your back on God. You haven't learned how to wait effectively. You have given up in your believing of what God has promised and spoken to you. And he said, well, how long will you waver between two opinions? If Baal is God, follow him. But if God, Yahweh is God, follow him. And can I tell you, God will ask you that. And my question to you today is, who is your God? Uh, is your God the God who says, are you willing to wait and believe? Or are you looking for an alternative God, which actually provides the answer a lot quicker? The God that I know doesn't always move as fast as I'd like him to. Hear this. God moves more behind your back than in front of your face. God is moving more behind your back. And let me tell you, I don't have eyes in the back of my head, so I don't see what he's doing always. But I must get in that position of believing that. For that which God has said, I am believing. This church was planted not because Christian and Melissa thought, you know what, let's go to Noosa and plant a church. They were a part and jumped on board a plan and an idea in which God had well before they even thought of it. It wasn't part of Phil's plan. It wasn't part of Christian's plan. It was a part of God's plan. You have aligned yourself to a church by saying, this is my church because this is the part of God's plan. Because the word which has been spoken, which they have heard after the word has been spoken. Because God has spoken many words concerning locations, places, things to people. But God has always had a plan but then he must find a person or a people. And he found a couple who said, yes, Lord. And let me tell you, you do have a great couple who have come here because they are fulfilling the word in which God has spoken well before they heard the word. The word had been spoken. Here Israel had known the word, but had not learned how to patiently wait for the fulfillment of that word. And Elijah stands up, if you're going to follow Baal, follow him. But if God is God, follow him. 
And can I tell you, a lot of Christians who do not understand that simple principle of like perseverance and patience is one of our strongest positions of faith. Because let me tell you, faith is not built because it happens immediately. It happens because it doesn't happen in your time frame. And I'm pretty sure God says, my ways are not always your ways. And your ways are not always my ways. I really like God because I have the mind of Christ. I understand all things. Yes, Pastor Greg, you move and words of knowledge and the prophetic and you have insights into people's world. Yes, sometimes. But there are a lot of stuff when I go, I can see these things. And as I say, your eyes are a window to your soul. And as you look into the eyes, you can see the depth of the inside of a person's life. Because, you know, your eyes are the things which age the least in your body. That's the last thing. Why? Because things go in and things come out. And when you look into someone's eyes, you can see so much. I say nothing, nothing. Great woman. But I want to say that we need to embrace an understanding that God is really always for us. If we can just learn to understand, I shall learn to be patient and I shall persevere until I see the fulfillment of the promise in which I have believed. The fulfillment is because time is your friend, not your enemy. Here a nation turns its back on God, turns away from Him. And here we see this incredible man of God who stands up. Elijah, he turns a whole nation back. He removes the obstacle. And sometimes you have to remove the blockage and put back. And hopefully today, I'm not a hindrance or a blockage that I'm able to open up. And as Christian said before, there are moments of freedom and opportunity in that moment that God can move. And I'm believing that this morning is not just a moment of freedom, but a way that you can see to move forward again. We lose our way because time has not been understood correctly in our life, that it is my friend, not my enemy. God moves through seasons and times. He created seasons and times of the winter, of the spring, of the summer, of the autumn. There are seasons in which he works within. And can I tell you, don't measure everything according to spring or summer. There are moments of winters and autumns when everything seems to be falling off and then nothing's happening. Doesn't mean God isn't moving you into that place of fulfillment in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Moving right along, and it says there that Elijah came, and as he, he spoke that word, he spoke a word, and again, he turned a whole nation back. He removes the obstacle. He removes the Baals and the Asherah, and he does an incredible thing, and, and as soon as he does something, a whole nation turns back, and then he says to Ahab, the king, he said, go and eat and drink, because I hear the sound of rain. You know, after a great victory in our life, we're like, yeah, let's celebrate. Let's go out and party. Wow, God, look what he's done. This is amazing. I'm so pumped. I'm excited. That's great. But what does Elijah do? See, most of us go, yeah, come on, Pastor Christian, let's celebrate. And there's times to celebrate. But there are times after celebration and the man of God and the woman of God know this. What Ahab went off to drink and party, like, man, that's great. Here's the sound of rain. That's awesome. I'm not really sure what's going to happen because Jezebel's going to have a reaction. She's just lost a whole religious group. The God in which we created, because the God that we were serving didn't appear to be with us anymore, and Jezebel created this whole new religion. I don't know how she's going to react, but, you know, why I do real men is because this man is really the classic example of the weakest, pathetic individual on the planet. 
yes, babe, whatever, no, yes, no, babe, yes, yes, no, babe, say nothing, so silent, whatever, what happens? He has no testosterone running through his body at all. He's lost the purpose and the position that he needs to have as a man. But Elijah says, go and eat and drink, because I hear the sound of rain. I love that. You see, you need to hear something before you see something. You need to hear the word, why we preach the word every week, why you need to come to church, because the word that you have, you hang on to, but it needs to be reinforced every week, because you come, you worship God, you hear the sound, you hear the worship of people who have caught the heart of God in their worship, you hear the word of God because it is preached, it reinforces and builds within us an understanding that, you know what, God can, He's actually for me. You always feel a little better when you leave than when you come, correct? If it doesn't, you better have a good look. But anyway... The reality is that we feel better because we're like, you know, yeah, I, I, I feel like after this tough week, things are going to work for me. Things are going to work in my favor. And through that moment and through that opportunity, Elijah hears something, says, Ahab, go and, go and eat and, and drink. But it says, and then Elijah went back up the mountain, took his servant, he went back up. The, you see, in your moments of celebration and victory, don't forget God. We go to him when we've got a problem, but when everything's working, oh, it's, everything's fantastic. We go off and celebrate and never return. Elijah knew and understood he was a man of God. He was a man of faith. He, he had to believe God for three years. He believed God. He was waiting for that word to be fulfilled. He was waiting for the word. The people had given up, but he was still waiting and believing God. But in that moment, it says, and he climbs up the mountain. As he climbs up the mountain, I love the illustration that it says he bends down. He places his head between his knees. What is he doing? He's praying. He's praying. After great victories in our life, celebrate, but don't forget God. Keep praying, keep showing up, keep coming to church, keep believing God. Keep getting back in that position of like, that's been one victory. Let's see another victory. Let's see another victory. Can I tell you, we get happy with one victory and that's it in our life. Well, I remember. You know, you hear old footballers. I remember back in 1975 when we were on the grand final. Oh, they lived their whole life out of it, of one event. Heaven forbid what a life cut short. But I see Christians who live out of one event. I remember when the power of God came through in 1972. And man, it was amazing. I haven't seen anything since. Not that you haven't seen anything since. You just haven't been awake or prayerful to expect God is still moving. And can I tell you, you can miss those opportunities because you live so much out of a event of the past that you miss the moment of God's movement today. We have to stay in that place. Where are you going with this, Pastor Greg? Follow me and stay with me. He goes up to the top there. He places his head, his head between you. He said to his servant, go to the top of the mountain. Climb to the top of the mountain and look towards the sea. Did he go? No. Why? Because he had already seen. He'd heard and he was living off that word. He didn't have to go and look for it. He was believing already because he'd heard the sound. He hadn't seen it. He didn't get a vision. I need a vision. No, I just believe. Once we get that word on the inside of us, you can stay in that position to keep believing until you see it come to pass. Holding that position. He sends his servant to the top. Servant runs up and he goes, can't see a thing. Can I ask you this? He said, now, Elijah said to his servant, go and look towards the sea. He said, what's so important about that? Well, let me just bring this to your attention. He didn't say go and look towards the, the mountain of resistance. Because around 
that mountain, around that place. He said, look towards the sea. Don't look towards the rest of the mountains, the obstacles or the challenges in your life. Don't look towards the mountains and, and look for the cloud there. There is no cloud over your obstacle or your challenge. Don't look to the open plains of nothingness of what you have not seen yet. Look towards the sea. Why? Because clouds are formed over the ocean, not over problems, over mountains of obstacles, not over the, uh, the, the vast open plains of nothingness of where hope has been lost. No, you've got to look towards the sea where things are created. And that is a position of faith. I look towards the sea. I know that is the place and that is the position of expectancy. I look towards the place in the direction of which I need to start seeing something happen. So many people go, oh, I don't know what's happening. Man, the problem's getting bigger. Look at the size of the, I can't see anything. You're facing the wrong way. I want you to spin around the day. You know what? I'm going to start looking the right direction of what I'm believing God for. And I'm going to start seeing what is going to happen because I'm looking. Again, the servant comes down and says, hey, Elijah, I'm looking the right direction. Can't see zero. Back up. He doesn't move. Elijah doesn't change his position of faith. Servant goes up, nothing, man. After about the fifth time, runs up. Man, it's getting tiring back down. Up again, tiring. Elijah's there. He's starting to think, this guy's lost it. No, I know you've done great things, but man, nothing's coming, buddy. Seven times. Not once, not twice, not three times. Most of us would have given up. I ain't going up there again. Nothing's coming. Seven and that word seven, and the word seven and seven means it's unending. When Jesus said, forgive someone seven, not just seven times, but seven multiplied by 70. By multiplied by seven. The thing means it's unending. Seven means unending. It means continually, you'd say perfection. Perfection means something which takes place over a long period of time. He went up there and seven times. And then eventually he gets up and he's looking in the right direction. He's believing God. And he goes, Wait a minute, Elijah, wait a minute. I see a tiny, like, cloud, as small as a man's fist on the horizon. So small, man, so small. Elijah goes, right, great. What's that all about? You see, Elijah knew to stay in a position of prayer until he at least saw the glimmer of hope. And then he had to activate his faith again to go, I see it, come on, let's go. He'd heard, he'd believed the word, He's looking in the right direction for it. When he'd seen it, he didn't go, oh, let's pray it into existence. No, his faith was active constantly. Why? Because he'd seen a glimmer of hope. And on that moment, he says, come on, let's on. It's time to go. Can I tell you? You pray until you see just a slight glimpse of possibility. Then you embrace it. Then you start to move towards it. A lot of us don't live our life in the fulfillment of what God has called us. Because sometimes we don't get to a position of praying in the moment when we've seen a great victory and we live in the past. We don't hold our position because we know that in a victory we keep praying and believing God that I've heard the word, that I'm going to look in the right direction and the direction of expectancy and faith. And in that moment of, uh, in that position of expectancy and faith, I will stay in that place of prayer of believing irrespective of how long until I, at least I see a glimmer of hope. And when I see that glimmer, I'm going to walk towards it. I'm going to start walking towards it. That's how it all works. And then Elijah gets up and goes from there. The rains come, incredible things. Ahab, this incredible man of God, absolutely useless, 
Goes back and goes, hey, babe, you should have seen what Elijah did, man. I said, I'm a little smashed. I've had a little bit too much to drink because Elijah told me to go and drink and eat and all the rest of it. But he, he's just wiped out your whole religious group. You should have seen it. Spectacular. Incredible. He's like, wow. And she goes, if not by this time tomorrow, Elijah is not like one of my priests in which he has slain. Let the gods deal with me so ever so severely. And she said, and she sent a word to Elijah, a message. Can I tell you an incredible victories? The incredible position of believing God that in there, everything in which you have believed for, hoped for, have been standing for in your faith, a word will come which will put the very fear of expectancy, of belief, and shatter all that you have believed. You see, the enemy, the devil himself, in your faith, in your victories, in your moments, will always constantly be challenging you in your faith of believing. And you'd rather create a paralysis in the body of Christ of inactivity and just believe and do nothing. And he'll do it by sending a word which gets on the inside of you. My word and my message to you today, and I've cut this, I've sort of done a cut and paste job of this message. But the thing is, I believe the word I need to get to is simply this, is that there may have been a word which has got on the inside of you, which has stolen from you the very thing in which you believe for. Maybe a miracle, maybe it's healing, maybe it's something in your family, in your relationships, maybe it's something in your world you believe God for, but it hasn't come to pass. You see, a word can get on the inside. And what happened to that word? See, the same word which was spoken in which Elijah, this incredible man of faith, we have incredible moments of great faith, but sometimes a word can get on the inside of us, and that word can create a paralysis in which we no longer run to God, but we run from God. And see, I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. I have no idea, but God knows exactly where you are in your relationship with Him. And I want to say today, two things are going to take place. Those two things in which could take place in this environment here this morning is this. is that God wants to put a new word on the inside of you and possibly take out the word which has been spoken against you in which you have embraced from false understanding. You have not interpreted your situations correctly. And can I tell you, the word in which God would rather you have today on the inside of you is His word and not a word which has been spoken because of circumstance or situation. Our lives have changed. Because we can see that our God, irrespective of how we see him moving, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you, irrespective of your circumstances or challenges in your life. Why don't you close your eyes? I just love in this moment. There are words which have been spoken to us. Maybe well before we've even come to know Jesus. Or maybe words have come to us from a parent, possibly. Maybe an associate, maybe someone in our world that we respected, a word which came, which lodged in our spirit, which has placed a fear and caused us to run from that which we have believed. A word which has come, which has tried to rob you of where God would love you to be. There are words in which have been spoken, which has caused us on the inside 
to feel the fear, to run from the possibility of what could be. And I don't know what's happened in your life, but there are fears. There are words which have been spoken in which has robbed us of the promise in which God has given to us. And with every eye closed, as I said, I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. With every eye closed. But God knows exactly where you are in that relationship. And here this morning, just in this moment, I want to ask you this question. Maybe you've never given your life to him. Or possibly you have. And because of situation, you have stepped away in your own heart and turned away from him. Today, I'd love to reassure you and remind you that God's word to us was always this. If you accept me as your Lord and Savior, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake you, and I shall fulfill the promise in which I have given to you. If you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you have in your own heart and you've stepped away from God with every eye closed, I'd love you just to raise your hand. Just raise your hand right up right now and say, Greg, that is me. Thank you very much. Just lift it up very high. Thank you very much. I want every person in this place here today to feel and know that they are rightfully positioned with a God who has given his life for you. That is you. Just lift your hand. I don't want to delay this any longer. But I just want to make sure every person in this place feel they are rightfully connected with their Lord and their God. For the hand in which was raised, Lord, I pray for this lady's life here right now. I pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that, Lord, your life, your purpose for her world and her future, by simply raising her hand, she has identified the strength of that relationship, to be reconnected, to be connected correctly with a living, loving God, and that, Jesus, you are her Lord. You are and will always be her future in every area of her life. Just at the end of the service, I'd just love to pray with you if that's okay. Just pray at the end of the service just to firm that up. But I'd like to just draw this to a close. There's many things I could say. But in these moments, there may be a word which has been spoken to you, which has placed a fear on the inside of you. A word which has been spoken or a word in which you have embraced that has held you back in an area of your life. I just want in this moment here, in this concluding moment, Allow that power 
to allow the power of God to remove the power of that word. And I know in this place here this morning that God's word is true. And his word simply to every single one of us is, I shall take the power of the word which has placed the fear and created the obstacle from you here this morning. That word has stopped and prevented the healing, the reconciliation of family, financially, a word in which we have embraced, a word which was spoken. And right now, with every eye closed, please, with every eye closed, if that is you, just raise your hand. If a word has been spoken in your life, just raise your hand, lift up your hand and say, Lord, That's great. Thank you, 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 thank you. Irrespective of our age, there are words which have been spoken into our life which has held us back. This is a moment, Lord. I want everybody to keep their eyes closed. But if you raise your hand, just look at me. That power has no longer any power over your life. No longer does it have that power. Any longer in Jesus' name. No longer does it have the power. 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 It does not have the power any longer to determine your position or your future. You shall experience his freedom. You shall experience his freedom, his freedom, his freedom, which is offered to us through his word. And let his word become your word, become your life, become your future. In Jesus' name. Embrace the word of the promise in which you have believed. Father, I ask of you for I have established a covenant with my house, and this is my house, and you are my people. For that which I have established, I shall fulfill. For my word shall not be a word which falls to the ground, but my word shall be a word which has life. And I shall declare unto you that my word shall bring my power and the release in which you have not yet seen. And I have established and driven a stake into the heart of this place, of this region. I have sent those in which I have chosen. And I've asked of you that you shall become a part of the promise, of the house of promise, the place of purpose. For this is my house, and you are my people. And for that which I have said unto you and declared unto you, allow my word to resonate deep within you. and Do not let that word be stolen from you any longer.
For you shall see my power in a way in which you have never seen before. For my house shall be a place where my believers, for those which have believed, where those in which have held to their faith shall see the fulfillment of all that has been promised. This is my house, and you are my people. For I have called so many. Some have heard, yet not responded. Others will come because they have seen the light which is rising upon the horizon. But in this place I have brought my promise. This is the house of promise. For the word in which I give unto you, this is the house of promise. For when you gather, bring worship to me. Open your hearts and your life and your minds. Allow the worship of your heart, your prayers, and all that you give unto me. Understand that you enter into position of agreement through my covenant, and my covenant with this house is it is the house of promise. Father, I pray that for all these people, whether it's healing in their body, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whatever their need may be, I speak this word, which is your word for this house, this day. Let it be so. Let it begin. Let the healing begin. Let the release begin. Let the reconciliation happen. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray, for that which you have spoken, you shall fulfill. And time is our friend, no longer our enemy. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.